Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you lift your hands to heaven? Let that be your prayer this morning. There's nothing that I can't do. Lord, there's nothing that you can't do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Move by your power this morning. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just come into this place. Lord, open our hearts to receive your word this morning. Lord God, that you are a good and you are a faithful God. Lord God, no battle is won, Lord, without stepping into a place and a space. Church, no battle is won without abandoning yourself and saying, God, I believe. Every victory is won with a battle. And I know many of you standing in this place today you are walking through a battle. But I want to encourage you today. The word from God says there's nothing that God cannot do. Sometimes it's not the outcome that we have been believing for. But he works miracles no matter what. And do you trust that today, church? Do you trust that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord? Because I do. And I want you to believe that this morning. Jesus, right now, come on, let's just abandon yourselves. Just look away from him one last time. Jesus. Jesus, we worship you. Father, we honor you in this place today. Lord God, your victory, you've already won. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Have your way. Open our hearts to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I tell you what, church, yeah, why don't we give him a hand? He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. You know what I could just feel, church, we've been praying and fasting this week, haven't we? I can feel it. I can feel a shift. I can sense it. And those songs this morning that we sung, they're warring songs. So in line with the word that God put on my heart a few weeks ago to preach. And church, I want you to get ready. I want you to be challenged. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be inspired. And those members of our church that aren't here today, let's pray that they hear this word and that this flows through into the remainder of our church because God is doing something, but it takes us to be open-hearted and say, God, have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Take your seat, church. I'm so super pumped to preach this word. I mean, I always get pumped and excited, but more so than ever that I get to finish and close out the month of prayer. And a few weeks back, um, I was praying and I felt the Lord put this word in my heart, church, and, um, and it was just so easy just to prepare and pray. And Christian preached a wonderful message last week um, about prayer over fear. And I really felt as we're coming to a close and as we're ending this week of prayer and fasting that we have all been pushing through a little deeper, haven't we? And it's been maybe a little bit tough, but it's been awesome. And I want to encourage you to keep the habits that you have formed this past week going. Don't just let it finish. Okay, I've done my week of prayer and fasting and then go back to old habits. I want to encourage you to continually to go deeper, to push hard, because it takes a fight. It takes a decision 
a decision to pray, doesn't it? It takes a decision to push a little deeper. It takes a decision to go to the gym and keep fit. It takes a decision to eat healthy to reform habits, doesn't it? And it takes a decision to pray and to go a little deeper. But I tell you, church, it is so worth it. Amen? And I want to encourage you, let your prayer life go to a whole nother level. Who feels like that this week their prayer life has gone to a whole nother level? Let that keep rising, church. Let your relationship with Christ go to a whole nother level and continually make a decision to step into your war room. And that's the title of my message today, Your War Room. This is where the battles are fought, your war room. In Romans 12, 12, it says, Continually rejoicing in hope, patient in distress and devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance and strength. Amen. And as I was preparing this message, I jumped on Google as I always do because I like to find different meanings of words and I came across this movie called War Room. Has anybody seen this movie? And I have heard about this movie, but I hadn't watched this movie. And I believe it was the Lord that I came across this movie and I watched this movie, I keep saying movie, <laughs> War Room, because it's so fitting to my message. And as I watched this movie, I cried like a baby. I did. I was so touched. I felt the presence of God in this movie. And I thought, man, let's scrap every other movie that goes into the cinema and let's put on movies like this because the world needs to watch movies like this. And as I watched this movie, I was so inspired. I was encouraged and I thought, if your prayer life doesn't go to a whole nother uh, level watching this movie, I don't know what will inspire you. So I'm really pumped to, um, to preach this word and uh, before I get into my message, I just want to play two clips um, out of this movie, The War Room. Turn your eyes to the screen. Now this is where I do my fight. A closet, I call it my war room. So, so you wrote prayers for each area of your life? A prayer strategy? Yes. Now, I used to do what you and your husband are doing, but it got me nowhere. And then I really started studying what the scriptures say. And God showed me that it wasn't my job to do the heavy lifting. No, that was something that only he could do. It was my job to seek him, to trust him, and to stand on his word. Miss Clara, I've never seen anything like this. And I admire it. I really do. I just, I don't have time to pray that much every day. But you apparently have time to fight losing battles with your husband. Elizabeth, if you will give me one hour a week, I can teach you how to fight the right way with the right weapons. Since you're 
you're good with the asking price, I'll go ahead and list the house. I'd uh, like to think about our other discussion. Elizabeth, please forgive me for being so direct, but I see in you a warrior that needs to be awakened. But I, I will respect whatever decision you make. Thank you, Miss Clara. I hope you have a good day. You too. Don't let me push too hard, Lord. I know I got a big mouth. <laughs> You're fighting in prayer. And you need to kick the real enemy out of your home with the word of God. Tony, I know you're the company's top salesman, but in order for this family to function, we have to communicate. Well, if you want to continue to live in this house, I have to make sales. That means being flexible. I wish I lived at your house. Whenever my parents are together, they just fight. God, I need you. It's time for you to fight a little bit. It's time for you to fight for you. It's time for you to fight the real enemy. It's time for you to take off the gloves and do it. I could just watch the whole movie and I'll sit down. <laughs> That's the message. You know what? I I believe we all need a Miss Clara in our lives. This this woman, this character in this movie, man, she's inspiring. But a little bit about this movie, if you've never seen it, but I'm going to inspire you to go home this week and watch this movie. But as you can see in this short clip that uh, the husband and wife, Tony and Elizabeth, they were very successful uh, people in their fields. They had a young daughter. Tony was a top salesperson. Um, in a pharmaceutical company, and Elizabeth was a real estate agent. And their marriage was falling apart. It was on the rocks. Their, their family life, you know, they put their jobs first. Um, just their priorities were totally out of whack, out of order. And life was full and busy. But one day Elizabeth um, met Miss Clara uh, because Miss Clara wanted to, uh, she was getting old and she wanted to sell her home. And as Miss Clara uh, was showing Elizabeth through her home, she um, was talking about her favourite rooms in the home and she said that this, uh, she walks her through the house and she said, this is my second favourite room, which she called the uh, wall of remembrance. And on the wall, she had a whole of answered prayers that over 40 years of her life, she put up things that she had been praying for in her wall room that had been answered. And uh, this is a quote in the movie that Miss Clara, uh, Clara said, she said, when I look at it, I'm reminded that God is still in control and that encourages me. And then uh, Miss Clara took Elizabeth to her most favourite room and she said to her, this is my most favourite room in the whole entire house. And she opened the door and Elizabeth's like, it's a closet, it's a wardrobe, like what the heck? And she said, this is my war room. Uh, a closet with my prayer requests and it was like covering the whole wall. And when Elizabeth uh, begins to open up to Miss Clara about her life, her marriage and all of that, Miss Clara says to her, can I ask you, very boldly, can I ask you how often you pray? How often do you pray for your situations and the circumstances you walk through? And then uh, it goes on and Miss Clara says, um, you're fighting the wrong enemy. 
And I love that quote. She says that a lot in this movie. She says, you're fighting the wrong enemy. And who knows, church, that we're constantly fighting in the natural and we're fighting against, you know, things in our relationships, in our marriages, in just life in general, in the physical. But who knows that there is an enemy that is roaring around. I know we say this scripture so many times, but I think at times we forget that we're not just fighting in the natural. There's a spiritual battle going on, church. Being a Christian or not a Christian, non-Christians don't realize there is a spiritual battle going on. And throughout this movie, it, it, it exposes the spiritual battle and Miss Clara helps Elizabeth show her that her eyes are awakened to the spiritual battle, that that's what she has to fight. And then as she fights in the spirit realm, she's going to see the shift in the natural realm. And so Miss Clara begins to meet with Elizabeth. She offers that request. She said, I'd love to meet you with you every week to help and teach you how to pray, to help and teach you how to strategize to see things shifted in your life. And Elizabeth goes away and thinks about it. And then she comes back and she says, yes, please, I need help. I don't know what else to do. And the, the story unfolds, the, the movie goes on. But Elizabeth takes the lessons to heart and she engages in a spiritual battle and then God begins to move. And I love this quote at the beginning of the movie uh, from Miss Clara. And let me read this to you. It says, war. It's been a part of humanity in every age. We fight for power, for riches, for rights or for freedom. There always seems to be something to fight for, but one thing has remained true of every war, the hand, the field of battle, is that someone has developed a strategy. This was part of my husband's role in the army. He would look at what the enemy was doing when um, then begin to put together the resources and a plan to fight against them. He was, he was a critical part of this process until a, heartache a heart attack claimed his life. That was a hard time for me and my son. I was reminded that death is a part of life and that life we have been given should never be taken for granted. It's been 40 years since my husband passed away, but I still hold on to the many lessons I learned through that time. I find myself amazed at the many battles we engage in daily, being money, control, or matters of the heart. Very few of us know how to fight the right way or understand who we are really fighting against. To win any battle, you've got to have the right strategy and resources because victories don't come by accident. Oh, I love that. And in Ephesians 6, 11 to 13, we all know this scripture well, but I want to read it. Put on the full armour of God so that you can stand your get ground against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, church, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Amen? Our war is fought, church, in the spiritual realm. And when we understand that, you are ready to fight. And I was reminded of this beautiful song written by Darlene Check. And is it okay if I actually sing this? So, and then I want you to join in. Because these words, are, I don't want to just read it, but these words are so powerful. 
It says, it says, it goes like this. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom, then cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. And we will shout it out, shout it out. Come on, sing it with me. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom, then cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated. Shout it out. Seriously, the enemy is defeated. He is defeated. And some of you have let the enemy defeat you. And I want to fire you up, church, today to say the enemy is defeated and you have every tool in your hand. We have prayer and we have the word of God to fight our battles every day. Amen. Our prayer closet is our war room. It's where we join with God to see the visible manipulated by the invisible. And in Ephesians 6.18, it says, God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. And I remember in this part of the movie, as time went on, Elizabeth said to Miss Clara, she said, as I've been praying in my war room that she created in her wardrobe, and she was able to do that. She said, I remember when I first started praying, five minutes just felt like forever. But she said, I just find myself in there for hours and hours. Pray hard and pray long. Now, I know that doesn't always work, but this is what I'm going to unpackage in my message today finding space and time that works for the season of life that you are in because we're all in different seasons. And I think of many times when I have stepped into my war room and I make a daily decision to actually do that. I can do that in my stage of life now. My kids are growing up. When they were younger, it was literally in the shower. Any little moment I could get was in the shower. That was my war room. Now my war room is I go for walks. So where we live um, I, I, I set aside this time, it's probably about 5, 5.30, and um, I put on my earphones, not always, because I either listen to worship music and, then, man, that fires me up. Or I don't listen to worship music, but I, I have my little walk, walking track and I pray and that's where I walk. I can't set up a little space in my house, um, but that's my moment and my place I also have a mountain that we look out from our home called Mount Emu, and that's another place where I go and I and I war. I, I shout, I pray, I cry, I speak. And church, I want to encourage you today, find a place. Fly, find a war room. Wherever that is in your season of life, it might be in the car, it might be in the shower, it might be a walk, it might be a room in your house. Find a place, a secret place where you can be with the Lord. And I tell you, watch what he will do. And we look at a, a, a passage of scripture in Exodus, and this is a, a great illustration of portraying a war room. In Exodus 17, 8 to 13, and the Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on 
top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekites' army with the sword. You know, we look here in this passage of Scripture, when Moses' arms were up, that's when he was praying. He was praying that the Israelite soldiers uh, would defeat the enemy and that's when they were, they were winning the battle. But as soon as Moses' arms came down, that's when he actually stopped praying. He wasn't praying and the Israelite soldiers began to be defeated. But Moses took his two relatives, Aaron and Hur, to help him hold his arms up and the Israelites won the battle because who knows, sometimes we can't fight our battle on our own. Sometimes God's calling us to get our brothers and our sisters, our, our friends, our loved ones, our pastors, our leaders, whoever God's put in your world to fight with you because sometimes you get tired, you get weary, you get discouraged and they are there to help hold your arms up high to say you can do it, you can win this, you can see your victory right here as it describes in this scripture. That's what Aaron and her did for Moses. And I absolutely love this because it illustrates when Moses pressed in to prayer. And as he pressed in, that's when the enemy was defeated. But when he held back, when he re retrieved, they were losing the battle. Some of you have given up. Some of you have just dropped your hands and gone, enemy, you've won. But I want to say today, no. No. Keep fighting. Do not give up because the enemy has not won. He is defeated. Amen. I, as I was reading this scripture, I, I just pictured like these words of Aaron and her saying, we've got you, Moses. We're standing with you. Don't give up. You know, there's many times in my life when we've been going through and walking through some pretty, pretty big stuff but we've had an army fighting with us and for us. Don't do it alone, church. People aren't mind readers. If you're walking through stuff, I share with certain people in our world and I say, can you be praying with us? Because we need those prayers. We need an army standing together. You are not called to fight it alone. I know I said this all the time. When you picture an army ready for battle, there's not just one guy on his own, is there? There's a tribe. There's an army because they've got each other's backs because when they can't handle that moment in the fight, they've got their brothers and sisters side by side behind them saying, I've got your back, you've got this. And, um, you know, there's so many movies out there that illustrate uh, that picture so well. Prayer is our weapon, church. And when we actually understand that prayer is your weapon, it's not just like, oh, that's something that I do because I'm a Christian and I'm just going to pray today and thank you, Lord, I love you. No, when you shift your mindset, when you get that revelation that prayer is your weapon, I was thinking about weapons, right? If you think about the biggest weapons in the world on the planet, like machine guns or 
bombs or, you know, those, what are they called, those um, war tanks. I was trying to think of some pretty psycho weapons out there. But when you think about those vicious weapons, okay, that they use in war, prayer is far more powerful than those weapons. And when we actually get that revelation that prayer is far more powerful than any other natural weapon on planet Earth, that God can do what we are asking and he can fight those battles with us and for us. Prayer changes everything. Thinking about Jesus, he regularly withdrew and went into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus, on the most important mission in history of missions, he, he was put on this planet to heal the sick, to cure the hurting, to raise the dead to life, to teach us a life to live. He made a regular decision to withdraw to the wilderness. Jesus had to choose a secret place. He had to choose a war room so that he could connect with his heavenly father and say, Father, I want to fulfill the mission that you have for me Why I'm on this earth to see the, heal, the, the, the brokenhearted healed, to see the sick healed, to see the dead come back to life. But he had to find a secret place. And there's scriptures talking about Jesus re, uh, retrieving and going away to be with his father. He sets a beautiful example. So he was well equipped to fight the battles ahead and he chose to sit at the feet of his father. And that brings me to that story about Mary and Martha. And I want to read it in Luke 10. And it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Whinge, whinge, whine, whine. Martha, Martha, Martha. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. This is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. And right here, as we know, Martha was distracted by many tasks. She was busy. She was busy doing her thing. She was trying to keep everything tidy and everything in control. But Mary chose to sit at the Lord's feet. And I was thinking about this scripture. I was thinking about Mary and Martha. And I, I really believe here that Mary, well, it, she does, but a great picture just to put it is Mary represents surrender and Martha represents control. Are you a Mary? right now, or are you a Martha? And I don't know about you, but I'm a Martha many times in my life. And the Lord convicts me and says, Melissa, stop being a Martha. You need to be a Mary. You need to surrender that over to me. You need to let go of control. You need to trust me. Sit at my feet. Wait on me. Hear what I have to say. Because who knows when we keep doing, we keep being distracted, we can't hear the Lord clearly. But when we go, do you know what? That can wait. I'm going to set aside my time to step into my wall room and sit at your feet, Jesus. I'm going to surrender. That's when we hear from the Lord clearly. 
And that's just such a beautiful illustration. You know, we desire surrender, but we can't let go of control. Is that your battle here today? I feel the Lord saying you need to let go of control. Stop being a control freak. Am I okay to say that? God wants you to surrender. Let it go. Let it go. You will hear him so much clearer. We are called to abide, to sit, to bow at his feet in worship, to kneel before him in prayer, just like Mary did. And in that place, as you surrender, as you sit at the feet of Jesus and still yourself, that's where you will find discernment, you will find clarity, you will find wisdom, you will find strength that you need and you will find the courage. I remember a, a moment in my life with my beautiful daughter and I got permission to share this story from her. I said, please forgive me ahead of time. I asked her five minutes before I hopped up. <laughs> she loves me. I love her. But about a year ago, our beautiful daughter uh, had a little operation. Now, you know, in the average person's eyes, it's just a little operation. But in my, my daughter's eyes and even in my eyes, this was a big operation for her. It goes back to when she was in grade three, she had a little accident at a water slide and her front tooth got knocked out, her adult, her adult tooth. And for a young girl, that's a big thing. It's your front tooth, your permanent front tooth. We journeyed through that. We got reports from the dentist, the specialist, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. And I just kept in faith. And uh, I kept in faith for my daughter because it was a big thing for her and this is what was going to be involved in the reconstruction of the tooth and, you know, all of, all of what was going on. And I asked family and friends to pray for a miracle for the whole situation and for this tooth. And I know it sounds like it's just a tooth, but this was a big thing in my daughter's life and just in, in our life and the cost and all of that. And we, we had an army praying with us. And what we were told was going to happen actually didn't happen in the time frame that they said it would. So from grade three to grade 10, this tooth amazingly held on, didn't go black, didn't do what the, the doctors and the specialists uh, said it was going to do. She had braces. They said, look, we won't put a bracket on that tooth because it's eventually going to have to come out and we're going to have to replace it. But then they decided to put a bracket on and amazingly that tooth moved and she ended up with this amazing, beautiful smile and she still does today. But it came to a place where, um, you know, check up x-rays, yes, that tooth was dying internally and it was literally like a shell. And so we had to have the operation and it was booked in just for day surgery and amazingly my daughter got her brave on but it was one of her greatest fears. And... We got to the hospital and I knew I had to play worship music in my daughter's ears, preparing her to go in for this operation because she was gripped with fear, fear and anxiety of the outcome and having to go through a procedure that was the unknown for her. Anyway, we were sitting in the waiting room and that man, that waiting room time felt like it was like two hours, it was a long time, but it felt like a whole day. She had worship music playing and we had this song just on repeat, repeat, repeat. And, you know, just, we just watched the traffic come and go. And I remember she leaned over to me and she said, Mummy, she said, everybody feels so cold in here. And just, you know, I said, yeah, it does, sweetheart. I said, because they're just doing their job. You're just another, another number. 
but I kept just getting her to focus on me. And when I look back in that moment, I had to create a wall room for my daughter because she didn't know how to do that then. And we created a space in that waiting room, a wall room, and I flooded her her ears with worship, and I just kept praying under my breath for strength and for fear, and that God had her in the palm of his hand, and we're going to see an amazing outcome, and I knew that. But as a mom, I just had to keep pressing in for strength for my daughter. And then the time went on, and, you know, it was all through COVID restrictions and time, uh, and they amazingly let me go right into uh, the, just before she went into the operating room and they weren't letting anyone do that, uh, let, let anyone do that. And I said, you have to let me in that room with my daughter because she will not go in on her own. <laughs> anyway, so I put the gown on, we went in and it came to when they were prepped her. And I said, Ella, just keep looking in my eyes, keep looking in my eyes. And I just keep speaking faith, 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 faith. And as we were praying, little did I know, God knew what my daughter needed just in those moments before she went under for that operation. And God sent these two beautiful nurses, and I believe they were sent from heaven. They were like angels, this woman and this man. And I said, Ella said, Mummy, can you come into the operating theatre? I said, sweetie, I can't. And these two nurses, and I looked at them, it was like they just knew that my daughter was so fearful, but I just kept praying. And they said, sweetheart, it's okay, you can hold our hands. And Ella said, can I? And she she let go of my hand and she grabbed this nurse's hand. And I just felt like this release. I just felt like the Holy Spirit just said to me, Melissa, I've got her, she's going to be okay. And then they whisked her away and I obviously I walked out. And as I was outside, the the operation went for probably about 40 minutes and I just went out into this park. It was looking over Cotton Tree and, again, That was my war room whilst my daughter was getting operated on. And I spoke and I believed for the best outcome as they removed this tooth and they had to do what they did. Anyway, I remember getting that call and saying, it couldn't have gone any better. And as my daughter came out of that operation and she walked out of the doors and I could just see this smile on her face and it was like, I did it, Mum, I did it. And the story that she told me about just before she went out under was hilarious. But she said... Mummy, I felt so looked after. And I remember just before I went out, I just screamed the name Jesus. Jesus! Jesus! And she felt him there with her. And church, why I'm telling you just this little personal story is it doesn't matter where you are, you can create a war room space before you step into a battle or a situation that you know that you have to let go of control or let someone else, like in that moment, my daughter's, was, it was her, you know, life, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, was in, was in the hands of these surgeons. And in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says, Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that scripture. And then Jesus invites you and I, Church, this is an invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. 
This is what the message version says. Get away with me and I will recover your life. I'll show you how. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And in this movie, The War Room, this is what Elizabeth learnt. She learnt a new habit of getting away with Jesus. And as she did, he recovered her life. And we see that so clearly in this movie. And, and that's when God began to move in her world and her circumstances. Do you know, church, there's no secret formula to prayer. I know some of you have been Christians your whole life or maybe just for 10 years or five years. I, I, I'm not sure when we could, you know, put up our hands and say 5, 10, 2, 20. But who knows? There's no secret formula to prayer. There's only a secret place. We need to find our secret place more regularly, daily. Amen. And I know that everything that I have learned over the last 20, I think I would say 27 years of actually following the Lord wholeheartedly. And as I have learned about prayer and intercession, and I have come, it's come out of a place, out of a secret place of choosing to abide in him. And that the more and more I've done that, the more I've desired him, and the more I have recognised that I need him, that I can't do this life alone, that I can't just say, yep, I'm a Christian, I pray, I read the word, but I know as I make a decision to press into him, to step into my war room, that he is with me and that I can fight every battle that comes against me. Amen. Don't just live your faith out and walk with the Lord with a quick prayer here and there, but find your secret place regularly. And why, why do we need a war room, church? Firstly, this is where we fight our battles. We fight our battles. I don't know about you, but I fight battles every day, daily. Some small, some big. The struggles that we all face, it might be health. That's a battle. Our money challenges, that's a battle. Troubles in your marriage, just staying married. Sometimes that is a battle. Uh, you know, struggling with unforgiveness, that is a big battle for people. I know people that are holding on to unforgiveness. It's been like 20 years. And I choose every day to forgive. Church, every day choose, I forgive that person. I let that go. I might have a moment with my husband or with my kids or with somebody. He's looking around. We all have moments, married couples, don't we? Yes, we do. Sometimes we fight, sometimes we love each other. But I choose not to hold on to it for two days, for a week. I go, you know what? I'm going to let it go. I'm going to forgive because I'm fighting the wrong battle. Yeah. Yeah. Just as Miss Clara was saying to Elizabeth, you're fighting the wrong battle. These are the areas... It goes on. You know, there might be fears and insecurities are a battle. Your teenagers are going in the wrong direction. That's a big battle. That might have been a big battle for some of you. It might be a battle right now. You know, our culture that we live in, that's slipping and sliding and going south, that's a battle. And we need to fight and keep praying 
for our nation, for our government, for the nations of the world, for godly governance. Amen. We need to add that into our prayer list, church. Don't just accept society's ways. Don't just accept, Christian touched on it so beautifully last week. We need to start praying more and more that society shifts back to the ways of the Lord. Amen. You know, these are all battles that we face and our mistake is thinking that we can beat them on our own. Who knows that? Money issues. Oh, we can just fix that. But have you actually gone, Lord, give me wisdom how to manage our finances. Lord, as I give to you, as I bring my first fruits, as my 10%, as the word of God says, watch what he will do. You will not lack. He will not withhold from you. Our battle must be fought in the war room of prayer. All things happen by prayer and nothing without it. I know that, church, and I know you know that. The problem comes when we pray. We often don't see any change in our situation. We are then tempted to abandon prayer, and then we try and fix things in our own strength. I know I do this. I've been praying. I've been believing for stuff for like three years, and I'm like, Lord, I haven't seen a shift. I haven't seen that change. So I just go, you know what, I give up praying. And there's been times when I've just gone, no, I'm not praying about that anymore. Nothing's happened. And then I feel the Lord saying, hey, Melissa, what happened there? You, and there's been moments in my life where I've been praying and believing and fighting and warring for stuff and I start seeing a shift. I'm like, yep, it's happening, Lord, it's happening. I'm seeing those prayers answered and then I just stop praying about it. And that's when the Lord reminds me, hey, Melissa, you stopped praying about it. Now you're whinging that you're not seeing those things that you prayed for continue to break through. Those things are slipping. Why are you whinging about it? And you're complaining about it because you haven't continually been praying for it. You know what I'm talking about. Our problems are usually long in developing and a few applications of prayer aren't enough. You know, little token prayers, church, are not enough. And I've learned that in my life. Yeah. They're not enough. A little tiny, um, you know, when they go to war and a little tiny pistol gun is not enough. They need machetes to win the war. Machetes, what are they called? They're like the laughing. Oh, no, they're those, those, yeah, sorry. What are those big machine guns, you know, machete. And a machete, why don't we just have it all? You know what I'm talking about. I'm a woman, I don't know about all the weapons that men use in war times, you know, in church. But you know what I'm saying, token prayers are not enough. We need warring prayers. We need fighting prayers. No victory is won without a battle. And how do we pray in our war room? Are you ready for this? The first one is persistence. Our son Zach is a very persistent child. He's a great example of persistence. He does not give up until he gets what he asks for. Persistence. Church, in our war room, we need to be persistent in our prayer. We do not, we, we need to not give up until we see our breakthrough, till we see stuff starting to shift. Be persistent, be persistent, be persistent in your prayer. The second one is regular. We need to be regular with our prayer life, regular stepping into our war room, not just sporadically, not just once a week, not just once a month. 
but daily, however that looks for you. Regular prayer. Available. We need to available, be available and make ourselves available to the Lord every day. Make time, make space. Why? Yielded prayer. Surrender prayer. Let go of control. Say, God, I surrender. I let go of control. And this is what Elizabeth did so beautifully in this movie. She was trying to control everything in her life. And as soon as she let go of control, as soon as she created that secret place and that space, as she was persistent, as she was regular in her war room, as she made herself available, as she yielded, as she surrendered, she started seeing things shift because she let go of control. E, elevated. You know, I see so many people in life, they've had so many knocks and so many things happen to them that their shoulders are slouched and their heads are hanging low. But church, we need to lift our eyes to where our help comes from. We need to elevate our, our, our head, pull our shoulders back so we are ready for battle every day of our lives. And we step into our war room and say, devil, bring it on. I feel defeated. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I lift my eyes to where my help comes from. And the last one, R, is roaring. Roaring prayer, shouting prayer, loud, bold, get angry, but don't sin. You know, some of you have become silent. But I want to encourage you today, get your shout back. I do this so often, church. I get bold, I get loud, because it does something. It fires you up and say, come on, devil, bring it on. Jesus has already won. Jesus has already won. And whatever that is to get you into that posture and that place, you might feel defeated, you might feel discouraged, but I want to inject some fire in you today, church. I want you to get your bowl back on. I want you to get that fire back in you to say, you know what, what I'm seeing in front of me, I see defeat. But Jesus, I'm saying today, the enemy is defeated. Speak it. Hold yourself. Hold your head high. Persistent, regular, available, yielded, elevated, roaring. Prayer in your war room. What I love about this movie, War Room, shows us how to treat prayer seriously, how to go from passive, fluffy prayers to warring prayers, prayers that push back. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.